This is the Friday, April 16th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We made it through another week. A lot to get through. We have a couple barn burners in the association tonight that Joe and I are on. We'll get into that in just a moment. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenball, and apparently I was able to read the schedule for today's edition of Daily Wager, Joe. <laughs> it's all good. Tyler went solo yesterday. He rocked it as he usually does. I'm coming in a little bit dismayed. We're going to be talking uh, NBA. I was desperately trying to get some F1 into today's show. Mm. There's a race mm. in Italy on Sunday. I couldn't get any head-to-head matchups yet. So, alas, it will have to wait for another week. Well, that's okay. I think our viewers will, our listeners will be okay with that. I, <laughs> I, I think... We're going to start with a game that really no one cares about unless you're a gambler. And you know what? We are gamblers. So I don't know what else to say other than and not jinx this thing. Look, if I lose, I lose. Okay. It happens. They still have to play the game. Obviously, anything can happen. There's been crazy outcomes in a lot of sporting events. But this line does not make any sense. The Detroit Pistons are minus three, three and a half at home to the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team they just beat by 24 points in OKC a couple of weeks ago. And that game was double digits after one. And the scorers kind of little misleading it was actually a bigger blowout oak city is trotting out like a g league team i think dort is obviously okay but like some of the guys are throwing out there are just do not belong in the nba detroit has a few solid players whether it be jeremy grant grant Plumley. i even like the spot for the pistons coming off the blown game against the clippers the other night where they blew a seven point lead with a minute 40 to go so i just all the comments dwayne casey's comments suggest they're going to come out sort of motivated now This Thunder team has set an NBA record during this eight-game skid they're on. They have lost by a combined 214 points. And they had a couple decent efforts. Like at Utah, they only lost by 11. I believe they were like winning at half or something like that. But they're just – they don't belong on the court. And to be only a three, three-and-a-half-point dog at Detroit, like something is wrong here. And I've scoured the internet trying to find out if everyone's sitting for the Pistons. I know there's tanking allegations, but Thunder could be tanking too. So it makes no sense. If the Thunder aren't tanking, that's a serious problem in OKC. And and to all the listeners who might just be checking in for the first time hearing this from you, I can confirm you've been talking about this with Oklahoma City for like two weeks. You notice this right from the beginning, how bad they were playing. They're not just losing, they're getting blown out. Maybe it's the first line you threw out there, a game that doesn't matter. Maybe that's why you look at this and the spread is so close. The viewpoint from the majority of people with Detroit is they're lousy. Oklahoma City's lousy. No one's paying attention to it. Maybe no one's betting it yet, but you've been riding it. I have no reason to go against that. Detroit, at least trying to be competitive. Oklahoma City has been an absolute mess. In a game that should be more competitive tonight, first of two picks I'm going to throw your way is going to be the under in the Dallas Knicks game. It's sitting around 212, 211 right now. It's been ping-ponging back and forth. By this point in the season, I think people realize the Knicks – but as much as you can say it, are for real, at least from a defensive standpoint. Third in efficiency, first in points allowed. The key here, though, is Dallas and their defense. As of late, they've been solid. They're giving up just 103 points per game over their last 10 outings, and it's kind of vaulted them up the standings. They're now eighth in points allowed. Take note, the under is cast in 10 of Dallas's last 11 home games. Both teams are rested. I think this is going to be a slower-paced defensive slugfest. Knicks Mavericks to stay under the total game. Number two, I'll throw your way Memphis minus four over Chicago. So the bulls aren't on Oklahoma city's level yet, but if you're not paying attention, the bulls have sucked 
as of late. They're three and 10 over their last 13 games, giving up 113 points per game during that stretch. But listen how they're losing by nine to Orlando, by nine to Cleveland, by four to Minnesota, by 16 to San Antonio. Those aren't good teams. Not only are they not beating bad teams, they're getting beat handedly by bad teams. That's a really bad sign. The offensive rating and pace have been plummeting as well. Memphis is off that horrific loss to Dallas on Wednesday. They blew a five-point lead with a minute to play. Luka hit that circus shot to win the game at the buzzer. I think you get a really good effort from Memphis against a Bulls team that's struggling, trying to figure out their identity. Lay the four with the Grizz there. I am right there with you. It's one of my favorite plays too, but, and I think you either buried the lead or I'm just made your day and going to scare your wife because you're about to go double up all your wagers because uh, no Zach Levine tonight. And is it still sitting four? Yeah. So Zach Levine's Oof. out. I think it's like contact tracing, some sort of thing along those lines. Like he's fine, but you know, it's just like a quarantine or whatever. And I remember making a mental note a year ago. So last season, like whenever Levine's out, this team is atrocious. Now they've since added some pieces. So it means more Vucevic and Markinen's been playing okay. And Kobe White, I think, is going to probably start at point guard. I, I've been saying since he got drafted, he's a great shooter, could be a great NBA player, but he's just not a point guard. He dribbles around like a shoulder. Um, he's just like high dribble and doesn't really, it's not really comfortable. It doesn't seem that way. He's just not Zach Levine. I think Levine's great. I think he makes him go. So to your point, they've been struggling. But if you look at Levine's numbers, like he's been carrying them and keeping them in games. Now, I understand when Levine's out, they're not going to play with four guys. They actually get a fifth guy to replace him, and that's an NBA player. And if it's White and somebody else, like, obviously they could win and do all that. But the Grizz, you look at them on paper, you're like, how is this team, like, good? Like, they, I mean, John Morant's a solid player, and then Valanchunas, but, like, Grayson Allen's, like, shooting, like, 11 threes a game. I mean, it's, like, insane that um, they're, like, you know, on paper they don't – but they play well together, they're well coached, and obviously John Morant and some of these guys are solid. But uh, I have to lay the four as well. I just do. I am – they got to cover this game without Levine. You, you, you would you would think for sh- coming off that loss against Dallas, and they're still challenging for a playoff spot. Like you figure, you're going to get a spirited effort here. That was a brutal way to go down. You're going against a Bulls team, even with Levine, they've been awful. But without him, I can't imagine there's going to be a whole lot here. Dropping ten of your last thirteen. I wanted to ask you about one because I have a feeling we might be thinking the same way. Uh, Houston's playing tonight against Denver, and I know that you have a certain angle you always like to attack going against Houston is it in play again tonight it is and we posted uh, I posted this on chalk and I saw that you're yes. on it too um oh, I mean I'm tailing this just because of you yeah, you got this- me on to this the <laughs> second quarter Houston has been garbage yeah they're really like a light roster as it is right you know we know that they've traded guys lost some guys to injury and they've been just putting up some horrendous second quarters now some of the guys are back they have like Avery Bradley now and some other guys that are actually familiar names but They've really been struggling in the second quarter, and that's been why they have not been able to cover the first half. But they chuck and duck still, and they've had these you know, strong efforts at the end of games, and they've backdoor covered some big spreads. So I don't want to lay the eight and a half with Denver. Look, Jamal Murray's injury is going to be significant, but it's probably not going to be a really big thing until the playoffs arrive. I think Denver's going to still be able to finish with the four seed, although the Lakers are getting AD back relatively soon. So maybe that turns things around for the Lake Show. But in general... We saw Denver. They put away Miami the other night. Aaron Gordon still came aboard. Jokic is the likely MVP, and they have some other solid players, and they play hard for Malone. So I just like the first half minus five here. Yeah, first half's the way to go. You got me turned on to this a little while ago. Houston might make it look good for a bit, and then they go to that bench, and it has been an absolute disaster for them 
for some time. Uh, final question for you. Are you going to fade the Grom today against the Rockies? So I, I, I want to talk about this on the show. I pitched it because the run line is two and a half, not one and a half. <laughs> two and a half. So, I mean, is that that implies that the Mets have to score three runs, right? Like we're <laughs> expecting three runs from the Mets. So, uh, okay, Mets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's aggressive. Uh, it is, it is mesmerizing with this point, whatever ERA, but it's at Coors Field, maybe. Uh, but the over under, how, how often you've seen just a nine and a half over under at Coors Field? That, that should be interesting. But I oh think my it's a God. fun game. We have an early show. Obviously, we'll talk about that on air. Hopefully, I got a, it's a busy weekend in sports. Maybe the producers, uh, will win that, um, face off <laughs> of, of which games to do. But, it's a fascinating game. You're right. Uh, just, just this narrative for the last couple of years. I mean, DeGrom's going to be like four and 11 and win the Cy Young. It's, it's, it's mesmerizing, but it goes back to like 2018, his last 77 starts. It's something like 39 and 45. I, I'm not doing the math, right? But the Mets are like five games under 500 over his last 77 starts. It's terrible. And he's got an ERA just over two during that stretch. And I just want it. I want to see this all happen just because I love crazy stuff in sports, but also I want to see Michael Wilbon go nuts when he wins the Cy Young and has like four <laughs> wins. Just, yes. Wilbon just, just, just baffled that like a pitcher, you know, he's like, what's going on in the sports world. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to our uh, listeners out there to become readers, ESPN.com chalk section. We have a ton of great content out there. So we always put out NBA plays on Wednesdays and Fridays, but also the regular season win totals are out in the NFL, which is nuts to think about because we're mid April and we're already talking win totals and the schedule is not even out. We know the opponents of every team, but we don't have the actual schedule. Remember it's a 17 game regular season for the first time ever. And uh, so go check all our plays out. A lot of fun stuff on there. And even the team reporters weighed in as well. So a lot of good content, a lot of good info for you. NFL or just betting fans out there. Joseph, I want you to have a great weekend, my friend. I'll see you later in the newsroom in the studio. You too, buddy. It's going to be a great show today. NFL win totals. Can't wait to get into it. All right. Best of luck to everyone as well.